Hello and welcome to History Plus True Crime Uncovered, a podcast series that will explore all things history, including historical stories, people, and even places of interest. If you're into these topics, then I think you've found the right place. To start out, I have to give a disclaimer as many episodes are either graphic in nature or inappropriate for certain age groups. Some content in this episode may be sensitive to some listeners. Discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. I am your host, Jamie Peters. Let's dive in. Today's episode features several older murders, and in fact, when I was researching for the story, there were only two that I knew of, Emma Ledoux and Winnie Ruth Judd. It's crazy that this happened so many times in different ways. With the advent of passenger rail travel in the 1800s, people started taking trains to destinations all over the United States and beyond. At the time, it was common for travelers to pack their belongings in large trunks, making it easy for them to transport enough clothing to last them several weeks. However, these trunks were soon used by cunning criminals for a decidedly sinister purpose, concealing and transporting dead bodies. In fact, these containers were used so often by killers to hide hide and move their victims that the crimes were referred to as trunk murders. Long after trains were replaced with airplanes as the preferred mode of travel, killers still used these large containers to hide their victims' remains. In fact, some of the worst trunk murders occurred well into the 20th century. While a few murderers stuffed dead bodies into trunks and traveled with their victims' corpses by train, other killers kept containers packed with decomposing human remains in their homes, filling their houses and apartments with the stench of rotting flesh. Thankfully, trunk murders are really relatively uncommon today, with few bodies found in shipping trunks in the 21st century, but there's certainly no shortage of corpses turning up in unexpected places in the world. Winnie Ruth Judd shot and dismembered two women. Winnie Ruth Judd was accused of murdering two of her friends, Hedvig Samuelson and Agnes Ann Leroy, on October 16, 1931. She allegedly shot them to death in her Phoenix, Arizona bungalow, later claiming that she killed the women in self-defense when they attacked her during an argument about a man. Then, according to prosecutors, Judd and an accomplice dismembered Samuelson's corpse and left Leroy's body intact, stuffing the remains of both women into two shipping trunks, a hat box, and a small suitcase. On October 18, 1931, Judd boarded a train bound for Los Angeles, but when she arrived in California the following morning, the corpses were discovered by station personnel because the trunks were leaking fluid and emanating a foul odor. Eventually, Judd, who the press dubbed the trunk murderess, was arrested, convicted of killing Leroy, and sentenced to death for committing first-degree murder. However, the convicted killer appealed her sentence and she was eventually sent to a psychiatric facility. Judd escaped from the mental hospital six times before she was released on December 22, 1971. She died in 1998 at the age of 93. Elsie Siegel was strangled to death by a jealous lover. On June 18, 1909, Manhattan restaurant owner Sun Luing went to the home of his 30-year-old cousin, Leon Ling, after not hearing from his relative for several days. 
However, before Luing even entered Ling's Chinatown apartment, he noticed a putrid odor coming from inside and returned moments later with law enforcement. After breaking down the door of Ling's home, the police noticed a large trunk wrapped in rope. After opening the container, they made a shocking discovery. Inside the trunk was the badly decomposed body of a young woman who was eventually identified as 19-year-old Elsie Siegel. The teenager had been strangled to death with the rope still tightly tied around her neck and most of her clothing had been removed. After conducting a thorough investigation, the officers determined that Siegel, who was a missionary intent upon teaching recent Asian Americans about Christianity, had met Ling while visiting Chinatown with her mother. The two eventually became romantically involved, but Siegel had another lover. According to law enforcement, Ling killed Siegel in a jealous rage before stuffing her in the trunk and fleeing the country. Investigators were never able to apprehend Ling, but the scandal caused by Siegel's brutal murder and the couple's interracial interracial relationship, which was incredibly taboo at the time, made it one of Chinatown's most talked about mysteries. Henry Moiti murdered his wife and sister-in-law. In New Orleans, Louisiana, on the morning of October 27, 1927, the mutilated and dismembered bodies of two sisters, Teresa and Leonide Moiti, were found by the family's housekeeper. They had been stuffed inside two trunks in a home the women shared with Teresa's husband, Henry, and the married couple's three children. The police quickly identified Teresa's husband as their prime suspect, and after a manhunt, Henry was captured in a Louisiana bayou. Henry confessed to the killings, claiming he became enraged when his wife said their marriage was over and her, his sister-in-law attempted to interfere in the ensuing argument. When investigators searched the home where the women had been killed, they discovered a story Leonide had written in which she had warned girls to be careful for marriage is a life sentence. The following year, Henry was convicted of killing his wife, but not his sister-in-law, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Emma Ledoux killed her husband with morphine. On March 24, 1906, law enforcement officials were called to a train depot in Stockton, California, after station personnel noticed a trunk was giving off a disturbing odor. When officers opened the container, they found the corpse of Albert N. McVicker, the third husband of Emma Ledoux. After performing an autopsy on McVicker's lifeless body, the medical examiner determined that he had died as a result of a morphine overdose. The doctor actually put the dead man's remains on public exhibition at the morgue. When law enforcement eventually tracked down Ledoux, they learned that her second husband had died of heart failure when he was only 30 years old, leaving her with $10,000 in life insurance money, a large sum at the time. They also determined she married Jean Ledoux in 1905, despite still being married to McVicker providing her with a motive to kill the man who was found dead in the trunk. Less than a month after McVicker's corpse was discovered, Ledoux was convicted of murder in the first degree on April 18, 1906. Ledoux was sentenced to death, making her the first woman to get the death penalty in California. 
Her sentence was later reduced to life in prison after allegations of jury tampering arose, and she was paroled in 1920 after serving just 10 years. However, Ledoux was in and out of jail for various crimes. She eventually died of cancer in prison in 1941 at the age of 69. Tony Mancini kept his girlfriend's body at the foot of his bed. Following an argument about his alleged infidelity, 26-year-old Tony Marcini murdered his 42-year-old girlfriend, Violet K. on May 10, 1934. Then he stuffed her body in a trunk that he kept at the foot of his bed in his home in Brighton, England. When Kay's disappearance was reported to police, law enforcement searched Marcini's home. On July 15, 1934, they discovered the trunk, which was leaking fluid and giving off an unpleasant smell. When police found Kay's body in the trunk, they were immediately reminded of a still unidentified pregnant woman whose dismembered corpse had been found in a trunk at a train station in Brighton on June 17, 1934. While the killings weren't related, they were referred to as the Brighton Trunk Murders. Mancini was tried for murdering Kay, but a jury found him not guilty. However, decades later, he admitted to killing her by throwing a hammer at her head. Hugh Matram Brooks murdered his rich friend with chloroform. On April 14, 1885, maids at the St. Louis, Missouri Hotel noticed a foul odor coming from a locked trunk in a guest room. The container was wrestled open by Charles Beeger, the dealer who had recently sold the trunk to a man known only as Dr. Maxwell. The open trunk revealed the decomposed body of Charles Arthur, Arthur Preller. Eventually, Missouri detectives determined Dr. Maxwell Maxwell was actually Hugh Matram Brooks, a British man who met Preller when they were traveling from England to the United States. The two men became fast friends, even making plans to visit New Zealand together, but Brooks disappeared several days before Preller's corpse was found, having told people at the hotel that his wealthy friend had already left St. Louis. Brooks was eventually apprehended in Auckland, New Zealand, and he was tried for Preller's murder in 1886. According to Brooks, he accidentally killed his wealthy new friend when he used too much chloroform to treat what he referred to as Preller's private disease. Brooks, who was dubbed the Little Chloroformer by the press, was convicted of murder and hanged in front of more than 200 witnesses on August 10, 1886. Edward Keller offed his business partner. On December 13, 1915, two workmen who were digging up the basement of a building in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, discovered a large wooden packing crate buried beneath the cellar's dirt floor. Inside the crate, the men found a leather trunk which contained a decomposed corpse covered in powdered lime. The workmen contacted law enforcement to report the grisly find, and the police quickly identified the dead man as Daniel J. McNichol, the 23-year-old who had owned a leather goods firm with one Edward Keller had been reported missing by his wife nearly two years earlier on March 14, 1914. Keller, who had a long criminal history that included 
burglary, grand larceny, and embezzlement was eventually convicted of voluntary manslaughter after the authorities linked him to the trunk McNichols' body was buried in. He served eight years in prison for killing his business partner. Shortly after he was re released from East State Penitentiary, Keller got a job as a security guard at the Corn Exchange National Bank. On December 20, 1925, he stole $20,000 from his employer. Keller fled the scene in a taxi, but dropped dead in the back of the seat of a heart attack. James Mahoney poisoned his wealthy new wife. On February 10, 1921, 36-year-old James Mahoney married Kate Mowers, who was more than 30 years his senior. The two tied the knot soon after meeting through his mother and sister, who were employed at a Seattle, Washington hotel owned by the wealthy divorcee. Less than two months later, the couple supposedly embarked on a belated honeymoon. On April 27, 1921, the groom returned without his new bride. Telling friends and family members, Mowers had decided to extend her trip and was planning to travel to Cuba. Using a forged power of attorney, Mahoney quickly took over his absent wife's finances, causing Mower's nieces to become suspicious and contact local law enforcement. Police soon discovered that on April 16, 1921, Mahoney had arranged for a moving company to transport a trunk from his home to a houseboat on Portage Bay. Then, Mahoney had the men place the heavy trunk on a small boat, which Mahoney said he was going to row to another houseboat. Instead, Mahoney navigated the skiff out into the bay and dumped the trunk into the water. On August 8, 1921, the trunk surfaced in Portage Bay, and local law enforcement officials discovered the decomposed body of Kate Mowers Mahoney. She had been poisoned with morphine, placed in the trunk, and murdered by multiple blows to the head with a blunt object. On October 1, 1921, Mahoney was convicted of killing his wife and was sentenced to death. He was hanged on December 1, 1922. Irene Hart was strangled to death and stuffed in a tin trunk. According to law enforcement, on September 12, 1936, 16-year-old Irene Hart was at a home in Rotherham, England with Andrew Bagley, her step-grandfather. Bagley, who had previously argued with a teenager about spending time with boys, allegedly shoved newspaper down Hart's throat and strangled her to death. Then Bagley forced her lifeless body into a tin trunk, which he hid in the teenager's closet. After killing Hart, Bagley fled the house and was on the lam until October 23, 1936, when he was arrested by local law enforcement at a public library in Hucknall, England. An acquaintance recognized him and reported his whereabouts of the wanted man. Bagley denied killing Hart, claiming she was murdered by a man she had brought home with her. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, he was convicted of killing the teenager and was hanged on February 10, 1937, at the age of 62. But not everyone is convinced Bagley murdered the teenager. In 2016, Jeanette Hensby published the Rotherham Trunk Murder, uncovering an 80-year-old miscarriage of justice, in which the author argues another person is responsible for, the, for strangling heart to death. Of all the ways in which a person could die during these time periods, this is definitely one of the worst or even the strangest.
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. And as always, leave comments or send an email to history true crime uncovered at gmail.com with suggestions for future episodes. Until then, catch you next time.